gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Friends, Facts, and Fiction. As always, this podcast is made possible by our local convenience stores, the misappropriation of history, and you. And now to your hosts, Justin Hammonds, Grant Bramlett, and Drew Shellnut. What's up? What's happening, world? This is a podcast called Friends, Facts, and Fiction. And we back, uh, episode six, season four, more to explore. And this episode is titled Cleveland Rocks. And we're not talking like boulders and shit, like <laughs> rocks as in rock and roll. You feel me? Um, I'm Justin Hammonds. I'm looking at my boy, Drew Shona. Hello. And my boy, uh, Grant Bramley. Hello. And uh, yeah, like I said, we back at it, man. Um, another week has passed, uh, closer to Christmas, closer to New Year's, mm. all that fun shit. Yeah, I hope everybody's ready for that. Mm-hmm. Closer yeah, to an empty that, wallet. Or, all that, yeah, all that Christmas yeah, right. shopping. Yeah, got me feeling despair over here, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at my fucking bank statements mm-hmm. and shit. But uh, yeah, we go make it through. You know what I'm saying? Go see the fam and all that good shit. Get some good food. You know all that. But um, man, wild, wild, wild times out here in these streets. How y'all feeling? Y'all all right? Everybody good? <coughs> yeah, not mm-hmm. too bad. All right, mm-hmm. a little slow today. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, foggy, yeah, a little foggy. Uh, the ups and downs of last week's weather. I think I've got a little bit of a kind of cold going on. Understandable. Because like sixty, then it was thirty. Well, I mean, yeah, 20. I showed up to the event before the tornado stuff happened uh, Friday night, and it was seventy three when I got there. It was forty six when I left. Yeah, or opposite. Mm-hmm. It was forty six when I got there. Seventy three when I left. Warmed and The sky was up. green, and yeah. I was like, I don't think you guys know what's going on here. It's yeah. time to go home. Yeah, it's time to get a party. <laughs> I was at Moff's chilling. And I just happened to peek outside. I was like, yeah, I think I'm not going to take that next round, bro. I'm going straight to the crib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and shouts out to everybody that went through that shit, sending y'all good energy. You know, I know a lot of houses got messed yeah. up in Mount Juliet and Kentucky. Especially Kentucky. Kentucky got hit real, uh, real Arkansas, bad. Fucking, like, yeah, if y'all out there, much love to y'all. Yeah. Sending y'all good energy. You know what I mean? Sending some waves. I had a pretty harrowing situation. So I'd closed the bar and got in my truck to leave like before i started my engine the fucking siren went off <laughs> i was like son of a bitch so i just went and i sat i mean you got a in storm chasing type of truck my guy could have could have made it well maybe but as as i was telling grace while she was texting me from the closet with the dogs like i've survived three tornadoes i'm damn sure gonna survive four yeah. <laughs> no, no, sure. the same thing i was telling my girl i was like she kept like looking out the window i'm like well that's the last place you want to be uh, <laughs> it's right by the window yeah. she's like should we like get in like i was like look look i'm looking at the radar i've been through this like a dozen times mm-hmm. we're fine we're gonna be fine right here so we're good let's go back to sleep it's fine we're gonna be fine and you know turns out we were yeah um, but downtown Madison got rickety, rickety wrecked. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, down traffic lights and shit. Getting to work was a biatch on a Saturday morning. But um, yeah, man, hope everybody's make, made it through that, you know. Um, still out here on this side of life, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and um, yeah, we're going to get into these hot facts. Uh, do you have a song of the day? Or? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's run down. Uh-oh. <laughs> All this energy calling me Back where it comes from It's such a crude attitude It's back where it belongs All the little chicks with the crimson lips go 
guys remember that, uh, don't you? Yeah. I see, I see, I see. Oh, yeah, my namesake, Drew. Drew. Oh, wait, no, I wasn't named <laughs> Man, it's crazy. He's been doing the uh, prices right for like a decade now. Yeah. He's crushing it, too. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy has been it long. Lost a whole bunch of weight. Yeah. Put some more back on. Lost it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of got an Oprah thing going on. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? Yeah. That was awesome. That's some golden days right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Drew Carey. Yeah, so obviously uh, this episode is going to be about Cleveland, Ohio, because it's a kind of hilarious Mm -hmm. city. Like just so much really, really funny and or tragic shit seems to have happened in that uh, in that town. Shouts out Cleveland, where y'all at? It's kind of cool, though. I mean, I've played a couple of shows out there and I like it. I mean, I've driven I've driven through. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in Cincinnati a lot more than Cleveland. Yes. Cincinnati is cooler. Yeah. Sorry, Cleveland. Sorry, Cleveland. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cleveland was established on July 22nd of 1796 by surveyors of the Connecticut Land Company when they laid out Connecticut's Western Reserve into townships and a capital city. They named the new settlement Cleveland with an A, so C-L-E-A-V-E-L-A-N-D, after their leader, General Moses Cleveland. He oversaw the like a New England style design plan for the like downtown area now, uh, centered on a public square. Before returning home, never to re- visit again. <laughs> it's like, all right, uh, y'all gonna do that? Do that? Thanks for all right, this shit. Yeah, thanks for this, naming bro. this after me, but I don't want to be in Ohio. <laughs> this, bro. I just thought that shit was I'm hilarious. <laughs> I don't want to be in Ohio either, but that's... Yeah. yeah. So it served as a, an important <laughs> supply post for the U.S. during the Battle of Lake Erie in the War of 1812. Locals adopted um, a uh, like a hero during that time, and he's got a statue downtown. Um, and then uh, in spite of uh, nearby swampy lowlands and harsh winters, the town's waterfront location proved to be an advantage, giving it access to the Great Lakes trade. And it also, you know, uh, is good from, like, Canada through Lake Erie mm-hmm. into Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So basically, weather sucks. It's not super fun to yeah, be there. To weather is terrible. But it is like a valuable uh, trading post, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, here's another funny thing. In 1831, the spelling of the town's name was altered by the Cleveland Advertiser newspaper, the newspaper? in order <laughs> to fit it on their masthead. They said it's, it's one letter too long. So they just took the A out. So that's <laughs> that's why it's Cleveland without the A now? Yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. And then it just... <laughs> and, and oh the God. way the article <laughs> that I was working off of just reads, which eventually became the official spelling. Because mm. <laughs> they just kept, they kept printing it without the A, so people were just like, fuck it, fuck the A yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that same year that uh, it became uh, incorporated as a city, it nearly erupted into open warfare with neighboring Ohio City over a bridge connecting the two communities. I guess mm. who owns the bridge? Wow. They literally Ohio almost city, got Cleveland into bridge. Uh, yeah, a, a war over that shit. And then That's eventually uh, Ohio uh, Ohio City was basically just annexed by Cleveland in 1854. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, cool, we'll just, we'll do this on paper. Yeah. So y'all, y'all can keep... You know, whatever. Yeah. It was a major <laughs> stop uh, on the Underground Railroad, which is super dope. Because, um, nice. again, they could just take a boat up to Canada. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it became a really important um, yeah. stop, I guess, on the Underground Railroad. 
And then, so after World War II, the city witnessed uh, rapid growth. Its prime geographic location as a transportation hub between the East Coast and the Midwest, uh, Midwest played an Me the important waste. role <laughs> in its development as a commercial center. Mm-hmm. Uh, it became very popular for the temperance movement. Um, they held like a national women's temperance movement several times. And iron ore was pretty important. Coal was pretty important. Uh, they actually had a really big scene for the super old school electric cars and steam powered cars before Ford and his assembly line and everything. Hmm. And ga- uh, the well. gasoline powered car ended up taking the market. Yeah. But Cleveland did it. They were kind <laughs> of a, a hub for that <laughs> for a, a while, which is super weird. But that's a weird place, man. Yeah. They're... Economic growth and industrial jobs attracted large waves of immigrants from southern and eastern Europe as well as Ireland. African-American migrants from the rural south also came in. So between 1910 and 1930, uh, the population of primarily African-Americans but just non-Wyan or or immigrants in general grew by more than 400%. Good Lord, which is fucking nuts. So it became this densely populated metropolis uh, by 1920 of 796,000 people, which is a lot for back then. Um, And the foreign-born population of it was 30%. At that point, it was the fifth largest city in the nation. Oh, wow. Look at that. that fucking crazy? No. Yeah. Once upon a time, eh? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. In 1919, they attracted national attention amid the first Red Scare for the Cleveland May Day riots, in mm. which socialist demonstrators clashed with anti-socialists. So, uh, uh, Black Friday's inception. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot more That's like, exactly uh, right. That's exactly Mi- Michigan's uh, state capital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, shit, fucking, never mind. Now I'm getting into it. No <laughs> so, <politics>. after World <laughs> War II, mm-hmm. they initially experienced an economic boom and businesses declared the city to be the best location in the nation. Oh, right. Oh. In 1949, the, nation. the the city was named an All America City for mm. the first time. In 1950, its population reached over 900,000. And in sports, the Indians won the 1948 World Series. I Their mean, hockey the team, the Barons, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Barons became the champions uh, of the American Hockey League, and the Browns dominated professional football. <laughs> yeah, uh, isn't that fucking, fucking nuts? Uh, that is. <laughs> yeah, that Jim, is. Jim Brown. He's a fucking yeah. legend, bro. Jim yeah. Brown for the Cleveland Browns. He's a fucking hoss. They also uh, produced a lot of track and boxing champions around the time, so they were declared the city of champions in sports. <laughs> <laughs> once, upon, once upon a time. Oh, man. You know, man. man. History yeah. has History. not repeated itself. <laughs> so funny. Not for Cleveland. Not um, for Cleveland. 1950s also saw the rising popularity of a new music genre oh, that shit. a local DJ in Cleveland actually dubbed it rock and roll. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's why they well, have the Rock and Roll Hall of huh? Fame. That's kind of why they're known for rock and roll and all that kind of fun stuff. But it was a, a DJ in Cleveland that they hold decided the pick of to destiny. 
<laughs> but that was kind of uh, that was their height. That's where they peaked because 1950s. by the nineteen yeah because by the nineteen sixties, their economy began to slow down. Uh, residents increasingly sought new housing in the suburbs, which reflected the national trend of suburban growth mm-hmm. during the sixties. And industrial restructuring, particularly in the railroad and steel industries, resulted in the loss of numerous jobs in the Cleveland and region. So they suffered little bit Mm -hmm. but something i wanted to talk about is the uh, cuyahoga river at times during the 20th century it was one of the most polluted rivers in the united states Mm. Uh, so the reach from akron ohio to cleveland was completely devoid of fish damn wow man Damn, so yeah. they got the even not the, the dead like, sea, nah, but the dead bro. river, you know. Nah, bro, we good. <laughs> so it has caught on fire at least 13 times. <laughs> what a river just, on just fire! fire just so, like, how do yeah. you put that out? <laughs> <laughs> they don't, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Just let that motherfucker burn, yeah. bro. Shit. I mean, there has some where they just let them burn, other ones they did manage to that's, put out. That's like, like the proverbial, it's like the river's proverbial, like, I've pulled over, I can't pull over any further. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a bad omen right there, my yeah. guy. So, in 1968, a Kent State University symposium described this section of the river that has caught on fire several times. Uh, from 1,000 feet below Lower Harvard Bridge to Newburgh and South Shore Railroad Bridge, the channel becomes wider and deeper, and the level is controlled by Lake Erie. Downstream of the railroad bridge to the harbor, the depth is held constant by dredging, and the width is maintained by piling uh, along both banks. The surface is covered with brown, oily film observed upstream as far as southerly uh, plant effluent. In addition, large quantities of black, heavy oil floating in slicks, sometimes several inches oh, thick, are observed frequently. Debris and trash are commonly caught up in these slicks, forming an unsightly floating mess. Yeah, it's like a garbage barge. Yeah, anaerobic yeah, action <laughs> is common as the dissolved oxygen is sel- seldom above a fraction of a part per million, which is... Lethal. I mean, yeah, nothing can live in that. Uh, the discharge <laughs> of cooling water increases the temperature by 10 to 15 degrees Fahrenheit. The velocity is negligible, and the sludge accumulates on the bottom. Animal life does not exist. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> the color changes from gray-brown to rusty-brown as the mm. river proceeds uh, downstream. Mm. Transparency is less than half of a foot. Damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> So you ain't you can literally shit. stick your arm in there and not be able to see your hand. Yeah. yeah. Be like, uh oh. Nah, fuck that. Muscadios. Yeah, I don't even want to be on the banks of this river, my guy. Mm-mm. <laughs> so the first time it caught on fire was 1868. Mm. I don't understand how we had pollution that bad back that's then. What, that's what I was about to say. How is it like, I can understand that in today's day and age, but 1868? That's yeah. crazy. Uh, the largest river fire in 1952 caused over a million dollars in damages to boats, a bridge, and a riverfront office building. Yeah. That's uh, 1952 money, by the way. So. 1952 money, so probably a lot more money. Way, way more. And that's the peak of their little life, right? Cleveland, the 50s? Yeah. So to kick off their dope decade, they had a million dollar fucking <laughs> river, river fire. fire. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a blast off right so there. So things dude. began to change in the late 60s when uh, Carl Stokes uh, was elected mayor. Uh, he was actually the first black mayor. Oh, turn up in the mm-hmm. 60s? Yeah. Turn up. Um, 
and his utilities director rallied uh, voters to approve a $100 million bond to rehabilitate Cleveland's rivers. Then the mayor seized the opportunity of a June 22nd, 1969 river fire uh, triggered by a spark from a passing rail car. Oh, my God. Igniting an oil slick to bring reporters to the fire to raise attention to the issue. Holy shit. Yeah, that that fire approximately caused uh, about $50,000 in damage. So way less. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mostly to an adjacent railroad bridge, but despite... Mayor Stokes's efforts, very little attention was initially given to the incident, and it was not considered a major news story in Cleveland media. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, river back on fire, but you know, shit, <laughs> happened every couple years. Yeah, come on, you know, shit, it's time to get them hot dogs out, player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck it. But that's time, like some movie show. That's like some, like a spark from a rail car. Yeah. Called a river on fire. Like, I that's, don't that's understand how shit, that's bro. possible. That's like flicking a cigarette in the fucking in the gas well, and the how, car explodes. And shit. How, like, how bad were nuts. the fumes? Because you know a spark from a railroad car. So they have to be, you have to think, at least about close. 10 to 12 feet above the water. Mm. Right. So a spark coming off, you would assume would dissipate by the time it hit yeah. 10 to 12 feet. Yeah. But not in Cleveland. <laughs> Cle- Cle- hey, Cleveland rocks, my guy. Fumy water. <laughs> Jesus, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> but Time Magazine actually uh, put it out. And apparently the one in 1969, did, there weren't any photos taken of it, which I highly doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just used a, the photo from the huge one in 1952. It's uh, the throwback. A, See, this happened, like, but this hey, is the throwback. we have a city in this country where our rivers are on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's totally. fix that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's an occasional river fire, bro. Nothing crazy out here, dog. This article described the uh, uh, Cuyahoga River as the river that oozes rather than flows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that didn't which, sit well with me, my guy. Mm-mm. And in which a person does not drown, but decays. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Damn, bro. Woof. <laughs> so yeah, the article yeah. launched uh, Time Magazine's new environment section and gained wide readership, not only on its merit, but uh, because the same issue featured coverage of astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landing on the moon the previous week. But this river fire and Time Magazine helped spur an avalanche of water pollution control activities, resulting in the Clean Water Act, Mm. the Great Lakes Water Quality Agreement, and the creation of the EPA. Oh, Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that insane? That's fucking dope. Took, Took a river fire. Their their river was so bad that we created the EPA. Yeah. <laughs> EPA. <laughs> Jesus. And the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency, which I had never heard of, but you know that's cool that it exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major uh, Mayor Stokes gave congressional testimony on his and other uh, major big cities' struggles with polluting industries to restore the environmental health of their communities. As a result, large point uh, sources of pollution on the Cuyahoga have been received, have received significant attention in ses- subsequent decades. These events are referred to in the in Randy Newman's 1972 song, Burn On. Oh, look at that. R.E.M. also <laughs> wrote a song about how horrible the river is, mm. just simply entitled Cuyahoga. Shiny burning people floating <laughs> down. <laughs> 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 oh my god and uh adam again I don't, i'm not sure who that is who but is that? he wrote a song in 1992 called river on fire 
That, that sounds like an annoying artist. Right? No. Uh, Great Adam Lakes again. Brewing <laughs> Company of Cleveland named its Burning River Pale Ale after the event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Send us a case of that. Oh, right? It's so funny because like, I, I feel like they just take shit in stride, just sort of yeah. tongue-in-cheek it in yeah. a certain yeah. way. You know it's Cleveland, mean? bro. Shit, yeah. <laughs> shit built different, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Even the rivers. Uh, rivers will be hella different. It, it actually caused the first grand jury investigation of water pollution uh, in the area. <laughs> and the Attorney General of the United States at the time was John N. Mitchell. He gave a press conference on December 18th, 1970, referencing new pollution control litigation with particular, particular reference to work with the new environmental protection agency and announcing the filing of a lawsuit uh, that morning against um, a couple of steel corporations for discharging substantial quantities of cyanide mm. into the river. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's <laughs> safe. I'm trying to do some, some uh, mass deaths <laughs> out here. <laughs> yeah. Water quality has improved, and particularly in recognition of this improvement, the Cuyahoga was designated one of the 14 American Heritage Rivers in 1998. Despite these efforts, pollution continues to exist uh, due to other sources of pollution, including urban runoff, non-point source problems, and combined sewer overflows. So they're just dumping shit in the river? Yeah, like basically. Fucking, mm-hmm. And stagnation century. due <coughs> to water impounded <coughs> by dams. For this reason, the uh, EPA classified portions of the Cuyahoga water uh, River watershed as one of 43 Great Lakes areas of concern. The most polluted portions of the river now generally meet established aquatic life water quality standards, yeah, except that. near dam impoundments. Uh, the reasons for not meeting its standards near the dam pools are uh, habitat and fish, fish passage issues rather than the water quality. Um, I want to say in 2008. No, no, no. March 2019. Uh, they declared a fish caught in the river was safe to eat. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. That's lit. Oh, my God. Which is great. Uh, I think that's so, that's a very big so that's milestone. The, that's the first fish that's been caught in that river? I think since, like, 1868. <laughs> I was about to say over 100 years of non-edible fish. <laughs> oh, my God. This place is next to one of the Great Lakes, bro. And that's the first fish that they yeah. had in this fucking river? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they didn't celebrate Burning Oof. Man. It was Burning Fish at yeah, that point. It's fucking so. wild, bro. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be the first Jesus. one to eat it, I'll tell you that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. It is a timely reminder that uh, a lot of progress has been made on water pollution in the last 51 years um, is uh, um, uh, being undone, yeah. unfortunately. Some of that is thanks to Trump um, and also just, you know, we just don't have enough money <laughs> right? to focus on certain things. Yeah. And sometimes the, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, certain aspects of our infrastructure, um, yeah. waterways, stuff or like that. Or or Roosevelt really need him, kinda, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> him and his <laughs> fucking stick. Come on, guy. What a hard ass, bro. I got shot <laughs> yeah. giving a speech and continue doing the speech. That shit's wild. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah, as the uh, cities of Cleveland and Akron uh, grew and started to boom, especially like industrial, uh, you know, industries, uh, they're just 38 miles apart and they just keep just dumping shit in the Cuyahoga. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I thought we got past that. 
Yeah. Uh, which this you other, this other <laughs> article describes the lower reaches, reaches were transformed into an open sewer. Uh, yeah. So a, um, a, Czech, Cleveland? a Czech immigrant in the 1880s uh, visited Cleveland, and he talked about the river in his autobiography. And he wrote, yellowish black rings of oil circled on its surface like grease and soup. The water was yellowish, thick, full of clay, stinking of oil and sewage. Piles of rotting wood were heaped on either bank of the river, and it was all dirty and neglected. Damn. Oh, this man. is the 1880s. Yeah, I was about to say, that's back in them, them, them days. Back in them days. Oof. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He stood outside of a slaughterhouse watching a great stream of dirty water rushing from it right into the river. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And just spraying out the, the slaughterhouse and just letting all the shit go yeah. in the river. Savages. Okay, so now I want to move on to <laughs> the Ten Cent Beer Night Riots. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Turn up. That reminds me of Penny Pitcher Night. Yeah, right. Remember that Nickel Natty night we went to? <laughs> yeah. And the jackass so wanted, he wanted his change back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he got yeah, two, I, got I, two I Nickel Natties with a quarter and yeah. wanted some fucking change back. That was in Tuscaloosa, yeah. 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 I don't remember how much he paid for, but... Either way, he decided to yell at the bartender, hey, can I get my nickel back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a fun joke for us, but the bartender was not amused. <laughs> now, I got two beers from him and just handed him a 20. Yeah, I was it's like, like, hey, bro. That's you. you know? And he was like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And yeah he was bro. like, well, come back and see me. And I was like, no, no, no. We are leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at Grant. I was like, hey, bro, we need to knock these back, though. Hey, <laughs> this ain't for me right here. Hey, Chad, you need uh, to go to Kroger. That shit was crazy, yeah. bro. All right, so 10 Cent Beer Night was a promotion held by Major League Baseball's Cleveland Indians during a game against the Texas Rangers at Cleveland Stadium on Tuesday, June 4th, 1974. But it's in the 70s? Mm-hmm. Cool. The idea behind the promotion was to attract more fans to the game by offering cups of low-alcohol beer for just 10 cents each. Yeah. Mm. Alcohol nonetheless, you motherfucker. With a <laughs> limit of six beers per purchase, mm. but with no limit on the number of purchases made throughout the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you I guess, can get a six-pack, come back, right. another six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And built a fucking tent out yeah. of for less than beers. a dollar. Yeah, yeah right. sixty cents, bro. That's a beer mid like a motherfucker. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's fucking wild. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh jeez. Uh, the <clears throat> Indians and the Rangers got their shit rocked that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> earlier that season they actually got in a fight, uh, which the the two baseball teams did. You know, one of those uh, what do they call it? A, a dugout clear. <laughs> Clearing the dugout. Clearing yeah. the dugout yeah. style fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's funny. They go to war and then they just go back. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, let's keep playing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Man. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> so that uh, really kind of heightened the crowd's rowdiness uh, from the get go. Mm-hmm. Somehow it became a good idea to uh, have a lot of firecrackers. Like a lot of people had firecrackers. <laughs> And they don't know why. Like there was I mean, no, and now there's fire fireworks at every fucking baseball game. Sure, but that's <laughs> done by professionals. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we're also talking about not a baseball stadium very close to a river that mm-hmm. catches fire easily yeah. from sparks of railroad tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got firecrackers. And, and, and also, I'd imagine this uh, stadium <sighs> at the time was pretty old. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, a lot uh, of wood. Uh, other, than <laughs> the fire, me. other than the firecrackers, streakers, and marijuana further enlivened the event. As it usually does. Most Turn sober up. fans departed early, leaving an increasingly <laughs> drunk and unruly crowd behind. It's just stoners and drunks. Just C- continued degradation. Oh my God, Brenda, grab your purse. We're leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Continued degradation of the game culminated in a riot in the ninth inning, including a mass pitch invasion. Players were forced to use bats to protect themselves <laughs> while retreating off the field. Damn, just whacking motherfuckers with Louisville sluggers. <laughs> <laughs> Chief umpire Nestor uh, Chilak, I think, yeah. uh, declared the game to be wait, forfeited. Wait, hold on. We're just going to go over that. Nestor? What's this motherfucker name? Yeah, his first name's Nestor. Nestor. Mm-hmm. Nestor yeah. Chilak. Mm. Uh, anyway. Declared the game to be forfeited, uh, forfeited in Texas's favor due to the mob's uncontrollable behavior. Not <laughs> because uh, I was in Cleveland, so they had to give it to the away team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, right. Hilariously enough, the Indians had up. previously held promotions without incident, beginning with Nickel Beer Day in 1971. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've witnessed one of those. Uh, 2018. <laughs> but they think it was because of that big fight that they had earlier in the season that really kind of got people, you know, super stirred up. Um, and in that, uh, in Texas, uh, trouble had started in the bottom of the fourth inning with a walk of the Rangers' uh, Tom Grieve, followed by Lenny Randall single. The next batter hit a double play ball to Indians' uh, third baseman, John Lowenstein. He stepped onto third base back to uh, retire Grieve and threw the ball to second base. But Randall disrupted the play with a hard slide into second baseman Jack Brohammer. Oh, Brohammer. And the Indians retaliated in the bottom of the eighth. Um, and then Wilcox attempted to field, blah, 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 baseball, baseball. But- <laughs> and also, they're probably all on drugs and shit too, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's back um, in the wild days of baseball. 70s. Speed like a motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently Randall hit Wilcox with his forearm. Indians first baseman John Ellis responded by punching Randall, and then both benches emptied for a brawl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. After it was broken up, uh, as Indian players and coaches were returning to the dugout, they were struck by food and beer hurled by Rangers fans. Catcher oh. Dave Duncan had to be restrained from going into the stands to brawl with the fans. Oh, yeah, some Ron Artest shit. I'm sorry, Meadow, Meadow World Peace. <laughs> the game was not suspended or forfeited. No players from either team were ejected, and the Rangers won 3-0, to zero, oh, which is kind of some bullshit. Hmm. Um, but after the game, a Cleveland reporter asked Rangers manager Billy Martin, are you going to take your armor to Cleveland? To which Martin replied, nah, they won't have enough fans there to worry about. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, so the city of Cleveland said, all right, let's go. <laughs> hey, we hear you, bro. Hey, matter of fact, hold my six-pack. Fuck the beer. Hold a six-pack for me, guys. Yeah, so during the week leading up to the <laughs> this game, or riot, rather, that I'm talking about, uh, sports radio talk show host Pete Franklin and Indians radio announcer Joe Tate made comments that fueled the fans' animosity towards the Rangers. In addition... The plane dealer printed a cartoon the day of the game showing Chief Wahoo holding a pair of boxing gloves with a caption, 
be ready for anything. It's oh, not, wow. It sounds, it sounds like uh, January 6th. <laughs> Jeez, <you're> right? <laughs> but baseball. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but baseball. baseball. But, and very, very drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads us to America's real pastime. <laughs> Violence. <laughs> so their 10-cent beer Facts. night promotion drew 25,134 fans mm. to the stadium. Which is twice the number they expected <laughs> <laughs> on a Tuesday night. Okay, we got to jack that Oof. price up on those beers. <laughs> no. Rangers quickly took a five to one lead. Meanwhile, throughout the game, the inebriated crowd grew more and more unruly. Mm-hmm. Early in the game, Cleveland's uh, Leron Lee hit a line drive into the stomach of Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins. <laughs> Some of these fucking names. Yeah, they wilding out here. Bro. After which Jenkins dropped to the ground. Two last names. Fucks mm-hmm. up with that. Fans mm-hmm. in the upper, upper deck of the stadium cheered and then chanted, "Hit him again! <laughs> hit him again! Harder! Harder!" Oh yeah, oh, it's a Bama game. Turn up. <laughs> <laughs> or if I'm watching, yeah, I was about yeah, to say. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, a woman ran out to the Indians on deck circle, flashing her breasts, oh, and then tried to kiss the umpire. That called the game, actually, Old Nestor. Oh, Nestor. Yeah. Old Nestor. Oh, Nestor getting some... Never mind. He's going to Nestor up on in there. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> a, a, a quote from the article, apparently Nestor, uh, who was not in a kissing mood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at work. <laughs> Jesus. Come back later. You see uh, this mask? As Grieve hit his second home run of the game, a naked man sprinted to second base <laughs> and slid in. Damn, he slid he naked? Slid in. And another quote from Grieve. that. Uh, an article about it is probably getting dirt in places unsuitable for speculation. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, boy. That's a, that's a long shower, my guy. Yes, sir. That's a neosporting. Uh, one inning later, Ooh. a father and son pair ran onto the outfield and mooned the fans in the bleachers. <laughs> Bro, this is the littest baseball game ever, <laughs> dog. I want to go to this, like time travel my yeah, ass. Right? Like, right? This, is, right. this is the day I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck killing Hitler. Let's go this game. <laughs> I was like laughing in the top of the sta- stadium just looking at all this shit. Like mm. these white people crazy as Okay, and then, oh, oh yeah, this is from what I was talking about earlier. But although it's not clear why, hundreds of fans had brought firecrackers, which they set off in the stands at random. <laughs> Another quote, leading the game, uh, lending the game a war zone ambiance that would seem increasingly appropriate. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's random like, pa, 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 Jesus Christ. Imagine batting during that. You know, just like, so uh, as the game progressed, more fans ran onto the field, causing problems. Uh, Ranger first baseman <laughs> I did not Mark called this game before. I like, know. Bro, like, all they this made shit. it to the ninth ending. That's it's crazy. insane. <laughs> uh, first baseman Mike Hargrove was pelted with hot dogs and spit, and at one point, <laughs> oh yeah, was nearly struck by an in- empty gallon jug of Thunderbird. <laughs> Thunderbird. <laughs> they had that Thunderbird jug. Damn. <laughs> Thunderbird Joe. I used to steal Thunderbird out of the gas station when I was like 16. Anyway. Yep. Now that's maybe. Allegedly. I did that. Allegedly. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Rangers uh, later. Thunderbird. The Rangers later argued a call in which Lee was uh, called safe in a close play at third base, spiking Jenkins with his cleats in the process and forcing him to leave the game. The Rangers' uh, angry response to the call enraged Cleveland fans who again began throwing objects onto the field. <laughs> Someone taught, tossed lit firecrackers into the Rangers' bullpen. Holy shit. That's what I'm talking about. 
an atmosphere made hazy by clouds of exploded gunpowder and marijuana smoke. Hell yeah. Contributed to the unsettling mood. Uh, so I'm a letter skinner concert. Like, so <laughs> I'm I'm thinking movie. All right. You got the the yeah, outsider kids How is this going to this game, handing out firecrackers and shit. Like mm-hmm. we're about to fuck some shit up. Mm-hmm. And then they're just laughing mm-hmm. in the stands, watching it all go down. Like it's an action thriller. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got to cut that out because I don't give out ideas. Yeah, so, right. Uh, <laughs> a sports writer uh, described this event, which I thought was pretty good. Early on, the demand for beer surpassed the Indians' capacity to ferry it to concession stands. And a luminary, perhaps the same person who suggested the promotion in the first place, decided to allow fans to line up behind the outfield fences and have their cups filled directly from the trucks. Holy uh, shit. The promotion achieved critical mass at that moment as weaving, hooting uh, cues of people refilled via industrial spigot. Jesus Christ. That's, wow, but that's aggressive <laughs> marketing, my guy. Yeah. In the bottom of the ninth, the Indians managed to rally, tying the game 5-5. Five to five. And had Rusty uh, Torres on second base. <laughs> and that old Rusty Torres. Uh, <laughs> Rusty Torres. Well, they called so me good. RT. <laughs> Repressing the potential winning run. However, with a crowd that had been drinking heavily for nine innings, the situation finally came to a head. Mm-hmm. You don't say. Come on, RT. Yeah, RT got them hands, boy. <laughs> so when they tied the game, a 19-year-old fan named Terry Yurkic. These ran onto the field and attempted to steal Texas outfielder Jeff Burroughs's cap. Yeah, I see. Confronting Teenage the fan, hijinks. Uh, Burroughs <laughs> tripped. Thinking that Burroughs had been attacked, Texas manager Billy Martin charged onto the field with his players right behind, some wielding bats. Jesus. A large number of it's intoxicated fans, some armed with knives, chains. Holy oh, shit. Oh, my God. This is the Warriors. This is the Warriors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. This shit's real. Come out and play. (laughs) Come on. Try to make it to Brooklyn. Damn. And clubs fashioned from portions of the stadium seats that they had (laughs) torn apart. Holy shit. They all That's surged. some hive mind shit, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Superhuman strength and shit. They all Snapping. surged onto the field, <laughs> and others hurled bottles from the stands. Damn, son. 200 fans surrounded the 25 Rangers, with more fans coming. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. No. Uh-uh. Get up out of there. Where's security at, bro? <laughs> Where the police? The police probably done, too. They done left. Yeah. So apparently, uh, <laughs> after it got to a certain level, the cops just circled the stadium and let it die. Just waiting like for they people got to come the out. baseball teams out, but they just yeah. waited for it to die down. Uh, come on, guys, just fight it. And out. then for people to start yeah. coming out, they just yeah. rested them. They just it's put like them in patty wagons. Uh, rip, rip shirt, bloody face. He definitely <laughs> was in the fight. Uh, no pants on. Yeah, you come in <laughs> again. Where's Jan- your other shoe? But you come get in the patty wagon again, January sixth. Exactly. Crazy, bro. So realizing <laughs> that the Rangers' lives might be in danger. Cleveland manager Ken oh, Aspromonte, I believe, Aspromonte, uh, ordered his players to grab bats and help the Rangers, attacking the team's own fans in the process. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Rioters began throwing steel folding chairs, uh-uh. and the uh, Cleveland relief pitcher uh, Tom Hilgendorf was hit on the head by one of them. fucking Hogwarts characters. (laughs) Hargrove, after subduing one rioter in a fist fight, had to fight another on his way back to the Texas dugout. (laughs) The two teams retreated off the field through the dugouts in groups with players protecting each other. 
That's that's one way bats. to quell quell a robbery. <laughs> <clears throat> Just like fight off a stadium full of fans. Yeah, right. Hey, bro, I think we ain't beefing no more, bro. Like, can we be cool? Because yeah. these motherfuckers is crazy. And it's Joe shit. started home run derby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, you know, it, it does say something about the Cleveland fan. They are they're special. Yeah. Indian uh, fans and Browns fans. Bro. The teams Jeez. fled into their clubhouses and closed and locked the doors. The crowd pulled up and stole the bases and anything else they could find. Rioters threw a vast array of objects, including cups, rocks, bottles, batteries from radios, hot dogs, popcorn containers, folding chairs Beans, onto greens, the field. Potatoes, tomatoes. Oh, shit. So the umpire forfeited the game to Texas. <clears throat> Uh, he too was a victim of the rioters as one struck and cut his head with part of a stadium seat (laughs) and his hand was cut by a thrown rock. Damn. That's a sharp ass rock. He later called the fans uncontrollable beasts (laughs) (laughs) and where to find them. (laughs) (laughs) Right in Cleveland. (laughs) It stated that he'd never seen anything like what had happened except in a zoo. (laughs) That's fucking crazy. Bro, I wonder there's a... There's some old fan that has like a piece of the stadium somewhere in his game room. Or oh, or like shit. a piece of yeah. one, or like a stadium seat. You That's know? from the ride to seventy four. <laughs> uh. I hit this. I hit the umpire in the head with this one. Yeah, oh, old Nestor got right. old club head. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ! The rioting continued for twenty minutes mm. uh, as Joe Tate and Herb Score called the riot <laughs> live on radio. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my God. I hope that recording exists. I do, too. Uh, Score mentioned, uh, one of the uh, radio guys, uh, mentioned the security guards' inability to handle the crowd. Tate said, oh, this is an absolute tragedy. (laughs) You hate to see it, folks. You hate hate to to see see it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Cleveland Police Department finally arrived to restore order. They only arrested nine people. <laughs> my friends got jets. They were probably scared. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Drunk, raging. And a lot of people probably just ran, yep. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe take a swim uh, in the river. Indians players <laughs> had to <laughs> escort the Rangers to their team bus. A local sports writer, Dan uh, Coughlin of the Chronicle Telegram, attempted to interview fans but was punched in the face twice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want some too, cameraman? Gosh, crap. These people, man. Yeah, out here, homie. Jesus. <laughs> God. That shit is wild, bro. What a day in history. The Sporting Ru- News the next day wrote that uh, uh, Segheis, Segi. uh, Segi's uh, perspective might, uh, oh, that's right, beer. Uh, perspective might have been different had uh, he been in uh, Chilak's shoes in the midst of the knife-wielding, bottle-throwing, chair-tossing, fist-swinging drunks. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking crazy. <clears throat> uh, the president of the baseball league at the time, uh, Lee McPhail, yeah. said there was no question that beer played a part in the riot. No, you don't say, no. Fucking duh. Uh, thank you, uh, uh-uh. no. Inspector Gadget. I don't, I don't believe it. So the next beer night promotion. Oh, <laughs> turn up. <laughs> turn up. <laughs> On July 18th, attracted 41,848 fans. Oh, so double that. 
with beer again selling for 10 cents a cup, but with a limit of two cups per person nice. at the reduced price. I mean, you know, you got to think all the people that don't drink is like, y'all doing this shit again, bro? We, I'm staying at the crib. No, nah, man. I'm just trying to watch some baseball, yeah. man. My, my son's ever been to the stadium. <laughs> now we got titties out. Yeah. Motherfuckers <laughs> cutting each other. Like, this so is worse I, I than had, TV. I had heard this story uh, on another podcast. Is one of the reasons why I wanted to cover it, because it was fucking hysterical, of course. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't find anything written down, but they were talking about in the podcast that apparently they had like underage girls selling mm-hmm. the beer. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I guess this is like a, a job for them, of course, but right. also kind of like, oh, look, cute girls, let's go buy beer. They apparently like flipped the tables and just stole the kegs at one point <laughs> before Damn. they were like filling it up from the truck. You know that's what I mean? People were just lining up outside at the fucking beer truck and yeah. they were filling it up eventually. But before that, they just flipped the goddamn table and stole the kegs. Like I like the group thought they were they paid for it for like so long and it's like it's just like teenage girls, bro. Like, get the fuck. Like, Move the fucking table. Get the table out the They're way, not going to do anything. You know, security didn't give them the already. Like, yeah. Security's on the field because people keep fucking streaking and trying to steal shit. So fuck it. That's crazy as hell, man. So the last thing I wanted to do is not super long, but um, Cleveland has developed a reputation for itself, correct? You don't say. <laughs> so... They decided to do something called Balloon Fest '86. Oh, God. I thought you meant I thought you meant LeBron James. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so this stunt was coordinated by uh, a company called Balloon Art by Trip, a Los Angeles-based company headed by Trip Heining, with uh, who he spent uh, six months preparing for it—a rectangular structure the size of a city block, measuring 250 feet by 150 feet and rising three stories high, covered with a one-piece net of woven mesh material, was set up to hold the balloons. Uh, On the southwest quadrant of Public Square in downtown Cleveland. Inside the structure, 2,500 students and other volunteers spent many hours filling the balloons with helium. United Way originally planned to release 2 million balloons, but eventually stopped at 1.4. This shit's ridiculous. Children sold sponsorships to benefit United Way at the price of $1 for every two balloons. It was to kind of repair some uh, public opinion of the city. It was a fundraising event, and they were also going for the world record. Yeah. Because Disney apparently had had it at the time beforehand. Of course Disney had it. Mm -hmm. Also... Yeah, fix their reputation. The fucking River Fire <laughs> baseball rioters. <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna do balloons, guys. Balloons. We got balloons. We're really soft. We're, we're <laughs> showing you. We're gonna ruin the environment and put balloons in the air. So on Saturday, September twenty seventh of nineteen eighty six, with a rainstorm approaching. Oh sweet. Organizers. <laughs> <laughs> oh sweet. <laughs> that's that is that's, oh, rainstorm. Yes. Yeah. Organizers decided on an early release of the balloons at about 1.50 p.m. Close to 1.5 million balloons rose up from Cleveland's public square, surrounding Terminal Tower and surpassing a world record set previously, uh, the year before, actually, uh, uh, for Disneyland's 30th anniversary. Um, There's actually a YouTube video on it. It's like eight minutes long. It's super cool. We'll put it in the... uh, Show notes? Yeah, on the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The podcast Um, 
So typically, a helium-filled latex balloon that is released outdoors will stay aloft long enough to be fully deflated before it descends back down. Aloft, I like that word. I do too. However, the balloon fest balloons collided with a front of cool air and rain and dropped towards the ground, still inflated. <laughs> clogging the land and waterways of so, Northeast Ohio. So, are they, so <laughs> the balloons that just never, never went. It just came right back. No, they were like, no, nah, dog. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, it's too cold up here and it's wet. So in the <laughs> video, like everybody, they, they release the balloons. Everybody cheers. It completely covers the skyscraper. It's actually a pretty fucking impressive sight right and then very quickly they start going back down and the cheers go from like yay to oh, oh god <laughs> what, a, what a movie moment bro like, you can't make this shit up B like real Man. life is stranger than fiction bro my god wild. in the days following the event balloons were reported to have washed ashore on the Canadian side of Lake Erie <laughs> oh shit Lake wow. Erie's huge yeah, yeah. That's fucking yeah it has nuts. some current that's fucking nuts. Uh, two fishermen, Raymond Broderick and Bernard Solzer. Hey, what's up with these Cleveland names? These motherfuckers is out. Who had gone out on September 26th were reported missing by their families on the day of the event. Oh, shit. Uh, rescuers spotted their 16-foot <laughs> boat anchored west of Edgewater Park break wall. A Coast Guard uh, search and rescue helicopter crew had difficulties reaching the area because of the asteroid field of balloons. <laughs> <laughs> so they sent out a search and rescue boat uh, to try and spot the fishermen floating in the lake, but guard officials said balloons in the water made it impossible to see whether anyone was in the lake or not. That's how <laughs> many fucking balloons. You can't even see a body. There's, there's pictures of the lake. <laughs> I mean, insane. it is... Covered. It's just at this one point five million balloons. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, a bumpy, multicolored lake. I've All never seen a million. Oh, of so weird. So imagine life. them trying to spot two dudes' heads amongst a sea of fucking head-shaped yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Right. Ugh, so stupid. But we found a brown one. <laughs> oh, 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 that was just a brown one, not hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy, bro. On September 29th, the Coast Guard suspended its search. The fishermen's bodies subsequently washed ashore. Uh, the wife of one of the fishermen sued United Way of Cleveland and the company that organized the balloon release for $3.2 million. Holy shit. Mm. And later settled on undisclosed terms. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, mm -hmm. look, so we got you. You know what I mean? Like, let's just not take it to court. <laughs> uh, balloons landing on a pasture in Medina County, Ohio, spooked Louise uh, Nowakowski's Arabian horses, which allegedly suffered permanent injuries as oh, a Jesus. result. Oh, Arabian horses, not cheap. Uh, Nowakowski sued the United Way of Cleveland for $100,000 in damages and settled for undisclosed terms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hush like, money. Hey, it's like, let's <laughs> not make this public. You know, we're just going to handle it. Here's the, here's the new horses. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Bert Lakefront Airport had to shut down their runway for about a half an hour after the balloons landed there. Uh, a shitload of car crashes were also being reported at the time with a quote as, as drivers swerved to avoid slow motion blizzards of multicolored orbs or took their eyes off the road to gawk at the overhead spectacle. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, at that point, I just pull over and just wait for the shit to end. Fuck. 
That's amazing. That's fucking the cool. 1988 copy of the Guinness Book of World Records recognizes the event as a world record <laughs> largest ever mass balloon release. <laughs> and the last one, I'm sure. With 1,429,643 balloons launched. <laughs> but because of the damage caused, Guinness no longer measures environmentally unsound events like balloon releases. That sounds fucking great. As I was going to say, the last one, I hope. Uh, fucking Christ. That's fucking wild. Oh, the largest and the worst balloon release. So Thank we got, you, Cleveland. We got rivers on fire. Uh, the very reason for EPA existing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. It's where they had had their own Ohio EPA uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> they created the EPA and the OEPA. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, two baseball teams that were um, become brothers in arms oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely <laughs> definitely some no, arms no, no closer way to come together than uh you know near-death experience all three of these are oh. like golden globe <laughs> movies oh yeah bro. <laughs> so you could combine it all and just do the whole damn oh, Lord. thing like a uh, cloud atlas type of situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> cleveland atlas <laughs> oh, bro what the fuck and then you know coin rock and roll Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the only good thing shit. out of the entire. However, though, thing. <laughs> like, had a Black Mary in the sixties. That's cool shit, but yeah. like, damn, beer fueled riots, rivers on fire, a, 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 enough balloons to kill two people. <laughs> it's, very, it's very metal. <laughs> That's pretty fucking rock and roll. It is. Yeah. It's it a is little more metal than it is rock and it roll. It is pretty metal. <laughs> well, we can yeah, say river rock on and fire roll, is fucking know? metal as fuck. <laughs> and, and to and, and to their, to, you know. To the point of all that, I, I or not to the point of all that, but uh, in their defense, I guess I uh, the only two metal bands that I've ever toured with, being from an Alabama metal band, were people from Cleveland. Mm. Oh, nice! Look so at that. That's we, funny. We toured with two Cleveland bands. What did, did they have to say about Cleveland? They didn't like it. They didn't like it. Of well, one like of it. the guys was like a huge, like just defender of. He was a Cleveland Indians fan. Sure, he was huge. Uh, well, Ohio State's not there, but. Yeah, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, he was. Like he Cleveland was just. Browns. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Was, Cleveland uh, LeBron's asshole. Yeah, yeah. He was just a huge. Yeah. But I think but before that they was, burnt his jerseys the first time, right? <laughs> I think that that was more or less like a, a claim to fame for sports. He didn't really have as much to say about the community, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a place, man. <clears throat> Yeah, you're ever in Cleveland, uh, go to the Chamber of Commerce and ask about balloons and rivers. <laughs> so right. See what happens. <laughs> balloons, rivers, and baseball. Go to the city baby. hall, see if they documented the shit. Man, what a weird Let city. A very strange place. Very strange place. <laughs> Ohio's a strange state. Oh, it is. It is, for real. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. What up, what up, Capasso? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I didn't a, say it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, Wild Times in the ghetto, man. Uh, be safe in Cleveland if you go to a Browns game. Or Wild Times in I mean, Ohio. Browns, an Indians game. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the guy that founded the city, that they named after, just he must have known. He yeah, felt, he was he like, felt, oh, like, no, man. <laughs> something's a little off in the air here. I don't he was know. just like one of those people who lived through like atrocities <laughs> after atrocity, and he was just like, oh, man, they named it after me. They're fucked now. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad luck omen. Don't yeah. name it yeah, after yeah, maybe me. Exactly. He's cursed. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's the classic George Washington. Like, I didn't want to do this, no. but y'all wanted me to All do right. this, so fuck it, I'll do it, I guess. Don't like, get yeah. too close with me when I'm talking. My teeth are wooden and smell <laughs> like assholes, so... <laughs> <laughs> fucking oh, man. wild man I didn't. I had no idea about all that shit no 
Well, now you know. <laughs> you know, if you didn't know, now you know. In case you don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's been a great episode, man. <laughs> um, you know, uh, thanks, Grant, for looking up that Cleveland shit. That shit's wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope y'all are doing great out there. You know what I'm saying? Stay beautiful. You can do anything you want in this fucking life. Um, yeah, happy holidays and all that good shit. I'm Justin Hammonds, and I'm saying love, live life, because it's worth living, y'all. And I'm Drew Sheldon. I'm saying, yeah. Uh, how's it going? Are you flowing? No, I'm just kidding. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> That's the first thing I said to you. Grant Bramley here. Um, to the people of Cleveland, I never liked you. But to the people of Cleveland, I always loved you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And please, please um, reinstate the um, ten cent beers so we can at least. Uh, yeah, I want to see that modern see it again. time. Yeah, my God, modern time be ten well, cent beer night now. Oh well, Lord, it'd probably be some pistols pulled out. I mean, you could just worse. even just do dollar beers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, also, if you got some uh, pieces of the stadium. <laughs> hitting somewhere in our frame. Yeah. Oh, Send dude, us some you, pictures. You bet somebody's fucking grandpa. Yeah. Is right. a, That's what I'm saying. For yeah. sure. A shadow got box. A yeah. with shadow <laughs> box with a broke-ass chair in it. <laughs> yeah. like, hey. That's from the ride in 74, baby. Hell, yeah. uh, we were out there dicing up refs and shit. <laughs> that umpire thought he's going to get away, but not fucking, by this baby. Fucking Sabrina part of titties. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> Should have seen you, Grandma, back in the 70s. Yep. Then we hey. just went and go, ate some Skyline Chili. <laughs> oh, God. Chili in fucking Cincinnati. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this has been <laughs> a podcast called Friends, Facts, and Fiction. And we out. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next installment. Find us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all things Friends, Facts, and Fiction. Our Instagram handle is friends underscore facts underscore fiction. As always, please reach out to us. You can send any of your questions, praise, and fact-checking to friends period facts period fiction at gmail.com. It's important to us to only propagate the truth, and we'll correct any errors we may have made. Your hosts and researchers are Justin Hammonds, Grant Bramlett, and Drew Shellnut. Our episodes are produced by Grant Bramlett, Additional producership provided by Grace Higgs. Our recording engineer is Grant Bramlett. Our editor, mix, and mastering audio engineer is Jeremy Mulder. Lighting design is provided by Justin Hammonds. Our office assistants are Gully and Bull. Our research assistants are Under and Paid. Our current interns are Lost and Questionable. Our personal drivers are Idlist and Tired. And our resident pooches are Pack and Jolene, the devil child. This has been a production of Friends, Facts, and Fiction. this <laughs> oh reuse bitch <laughs> this has always been here yeah, we right. ordered these <laughs> these are brand new. brand new tables <laughs> they're yeah, weathered pop some holes up put some new screws and it was a wrap